Hey, stranger! The Opus is moving out and into a new season as we continue to explore the ongoing legacy of music's most iconic records. I'm your host, Adam Unz, and this season we're celebrating the 45th anniversary of Billy Joel's fifth studio album, The Stranger, a record whose critical and commercial success catapulted the piano man to superstardom. Helping us explore this classic collection are artists like Billy Joel's drummer Liberty DeVito, Regina Spector, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Rozzy, Lissy, The Arkells, Bayside's Anthony Renari, and Ben Folds. Great music shapes lives, shakes rafters, and embeds itself into our culture. So let's find out why only the good die young as we deep dive into The Stranger. The new season is out now and is brought to you by the Consequence Podcast Network and Sony Legacy Recordings. Find us at consequence.net or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to The Spark Parade, a show where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, my guest this week is singer-songwriter Sam James, who spoke to me about his spark the Dave Matthews Band's major label debut album, Under the Table and Dreaming. Uh, but we actually talked about a lot more than that. Sam is genuinely one of the nicest people I've ever had on this show. And chatting with him was so easy and fun. Um, we talked about the state of the music industry, uh, the pressure for musicians to promote their own work and make a name for themselves, uh, particularly on social media. And um, as is the case with so many of my guests, we reminisced about the days of old when physical media was uh, still a thing. So, yeah, uh, it was an all-around great chat. Um, you're going to love it. So here it comes. Or rather, um, it's coming in a sec. But first, quick Sam facts. Best known for putting his unique spin on popular hip-hop songs. Viral sensation Sam James has garnered more than 22 million views on social media, thanks to his fan-favorite cover song videos, including Drake's Life is Good. These videos have earned Sam the interest and respect of world-renowned artists and outlets such as Diddy, Nicki Minaj, DJ Khaled, Complex, and Barstool Sports, to name a few. In addition to his covers, Sam has built an impressive catalog of co-written songs with Dolly Parton. B.B. Rexa, Lee Bryce, Cheat Codes, and Galantis, among many others. Uh, quick Under the Table and Dreaming facts. Under the Table and Dreaming is the debut studio album from Dave Matthews Band, released on September 27, 1994. It was produced by legendary producer Steve Lillywhite and is considered by some to be Dave Matthews Band's shining moment. The album's first single was What Would You Say, featuring John Popper of Blues Traveler on harmonica, and two other singles followed ants marching and satellite by the year 2000 the album had sold six million copies and was certified six times platinum and that's that let's get into the good stuff here comes my chat with sam james about under the table and dreaming 
the standard uh, sort of entry point for these chats is, um, do you remember hearing Under the Table and Dreaming uh, for the first time? I do. I remember hearing it for the first time. Let's see exactly when it was. I mean, the album came out when I was really young. Hmm. So um, I didn't hear it when it came out. <laughs> like it came out in 94. Um, I think I was like six, six or seven. Right. Uh, I didn't discover Dave Matthews until probably around like 2000, hmm. 99, 2000, when they were already like way at the height of their power. So, um, and still are, by the way. I mean, yeah. You don't know too many bands that can do uh, stadiums and arenas for 30 years. Yeah, you know? that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, first time I heard the album, the first song I ever heard was Ants Marching, which mm. was like their big single off the album. And I I forget exactly like where I heard it, if it was radio or was it if it was uh, in somebody's car. But I just freaked out because... I loved, I loved guitar so much and there was so much going on in those songs. And I was like, wow, like this just sounds like nothing I've ever heard before, even though so many people had already heard of him. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like I had never heard it. So it was so special to me. And I was like, this is insane. So immediately, like I just started playing guitar. I was very new to it. And I just locked myself away and I, got every Dave Matthews. I'd go to Strawberries CD record store. <laughs> I remember Auburn, Strawberries. Yep. Yep. Strawberries in Auburn, Massachusetts. And I'd go down there and I'd like save up my money. And you remember CDs were like 20 bucks or like 24 bucks or 30 bucks if it was a double disc. And, uh, and I just fell in love with it. And I would sit there and I would go home on my little Iowa cd player and like have them on and i'd have my guitar and that's how i learned how to play guitar really learn how to play guitars with i never took lessons i did everything by ear so it was like i sat there with with dave matthews for better or worse because he has some of the weirdest chord phrasings of all time um and that's really how i learned how to play uh, and i just i couldn't get enough of it under the table was like so iconic i mean there's more songs cut from that album that were are still big songs for him today than the most people have on their first three records, you know? So it's right. pretty nuts. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't want to harp on about this too much because I talk about this way too much on this show, but that okay. again, like going back to that analog time when you're like looking through CDs in a shop or like records or whatever, bringing them home and having to like physically put it into a machine and play it, how different the experience is and um, how, how much, uh, you know, having the experience of like listening to something on the radio, having to go out, like seek out that music, find out where, you know, who it is and learn about them without the internet um, and just, I don't know. There's something that feels like it's even more formative about those experiences when um, you don't have access to the entire world of music at your fingertips. Um, so, 100%. and I think it makes you like become. I think it's a lot harder in this day and age to gain lifelong fans than it was then, yeah. because you really had to like be invested in that artist. Uh, like I remember, like going to this to the record store and like like the smell of the cellophane 
Totally. Like you open the CDs, they had a, like a distinct smell when you opened them like that. It's like a new car of CD smell. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. it was so weird. And then just like taking the physical booklet out and trying not to like rip anything. And it always mm-hmm. would get caught on those stupid. Uh, I all, clips, by the way, yeah. I, I cuss a lot. So I don't know if that's allowed on your show, but please, the, the right. more stupid, uh, bad language, the, the better. <laughs> stupid little fucking things, you know, yeah. like that they had the sleeve inserted underneath mm-hmm. and taking it out and like reading the lyrics and reading the thank you notes and reading, seeing the artwork because every page was different. Right. And, you know, bands and artists put a lot of time into what that was going to look like. So that mm-hmm. was like almost part of it. It was part of the experience. But yeah, I, I totally get it. Like you had to invest so much in an artist and also CDs were not cheap. Right. Like, right. So, you know, when you're, when you're like growing up and ingesting music, like you're like, okay, well I have 20 bucks this week. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to get? And that's a big choice. So you have to really be in love with an artist, like to be able to like go there physically got to get dropped off mm-hmm. and you got to like, then you like look through the stores and it was just so like a religious experience for me, like going through like all the bins right. and just like, I, I don't know. It was just exciting. And yeah. also I, I get it. Like it's different. It's got its perks mm-hmm. having everything at your fingertips. Now. I mean, I use it. Yeah. Everyone does. Um, but you know, there was something really special about like hearing something on the radio and then you have to remember you'd have to wait for it to play again mm-hmm. or you'd call into the radio and yeah. request it or and be like what was that song that just played what was mm-hmm. that song that just played you'd wait for it to play again i what i would do is like i'm sure a lot of people did this is i had blank tapes and when it would play again i would record yeah i'd make like my own mixtapes so you know i don't know there was something to be said for that yeah i can remember recording like whole shows like knowing that a particular dj would probably play a song that i liked yeah and just like recording the whole thing and then you know cutting it down to just the songs i liked or whatever but also the stuff all the shit that we take for granted like shazam where you know you hear a song on the radio and if the dj doesn't announce what the song is and you kind of miss like that moment is gone it drives you crazy and you're just like oh i hope i hear that song again somewhere because it was so good um yeah, I mean, this is, you know, a little digression. It's kind of um, uh, not digging into the the meat of what we're supposed to be talking about, but just also, you know, I, I don't know that it's necessarily a good thing. There's, you know, good and bad things about democratizing access to music. It means that, you know, like you said, it was expensive and now people can pay a monthly subscription to Spotify and get everything they want. But yeah, I guess the it, flip side of that is now I'm on the, getting paid side for music exactly so for exactly. me i i wish it was like you know because before i before i started putting out my own music over the last couple of years uh i was a writer mm-hmm. for a lot of artists so i've written for a lot of big artists which has been a real like blessing and i'm i i still do it all the time and uh i i write with a lot of older older cats you know that have been doing this for you know 30 40 years some of them and you know they really see the difference Mm -hmm. because you could have an album cut on you know you could write a song for whitney houston that was just on the album it was just a b-side no radio 
and you'd make a killing mm-hmm. on the mechanical side. Right. Like a killing because it was per sale of the record and your song was on the record. Dude, you can't, if you don't write singles nowadays, like good luck. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And I don't rough. know in the, in the last few days, um, uh, this is mega digression, but black star, um, the like, uh, most F, you know, Yassi yeah. Bay and, um, Talib Kweli released one album together as black star 25 years ago. And they've just released a second album and they've only released it on luminary, which is a podcasting platform primarily. And they're like, it's you know a five buck monthly subscription and explained it as like, we make art that has value and we want people to engage with it and to recognize the value that it has and having this relationship with the people who you know it's not just about making money but it's also about having a direct relationship with your fans and saying these are people who are coming to us because they want us it's not just about what's out there what's the algorithm going to show send to me today and you know in, in a lot of ways i think bringing this back to dave matthews the, they are a band that was uniquely positioned to take on the the shift in the music industry because they made a shit ton of money off of these albums, but we're always a touring band. We're always rooted in live performance. And hundred percent, they did it right. They did it so smart because they have more live albums than they have studio albums. Yep. So, I mean, and that's the other thing too, and not to like digress from under the table because it's one of my, it's my favorite album ever. Um, but their live albums are so special mm. and seeing them in concert. I mean, it's kind of gross. I've seen them, I think like close to over 50 times at this <laughs> point, but um, it's just like seeing them live is like something crazy. Yeah. Because also in this day and age, you have a lot of people that like, are blowing up off of the algorithm, which you mm-hmm. just said, which is so smart of you to say that, Adam, because that I see so much great music get lost in the shuffle because everything right now revolves around content, mm-hmm. not around music. So yes, like the whole, everything now, the game is like, what great piece of content can we create that will drive streams to my record? Mm-hmm. But people aren't as invested in the music as they are in the content. Right. If you kind of get my gist, which is like weird, but I see it. It's so funny because, you know, we're releasing and we're doing a lot of TikTok and a lot of Instagram and all that other stuff. And uh, it's important and you change with the times and it's, it's great. But the, uh, you know, I see people sometimes I'm always looking at least an hour a day on TikTok. And like, I see these, really talented artists that it's like 30 views right 80 views like 200 300 which is nothing in the grand sphere of it and it's like they just want to be heard so badly but it's like the only way to get heard is to do that but it's like man the songs are brilliant Mm -hmm. you're just not selling it the right way but dave like you know they started so young touring colleges Right. And that was like, you know what I mean? What a smart platform because by the time all those kids graduated college and they had a little money, they could go pay to see a show. Right. They were playing like a million free shows. I, I on an interview, he said, you know, everybody asks bigger artists, like, what would you tell 
younger artists, mm-hmm. you know, and Dave said something so interesting. He was like, play everywhere, play anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're getting into music to be rich, <laughs> like you're not doing it for the right reasons. Like you have to like have the love and the passion for it. And if, you know, God willing, you can catch a, a wave money will trickle in, mm. which is awesome. Um, but you know, like 99% of people in music are not going to like make a living doing it. So, right. and I think to your point about, you know, having to package your music as something that can be used as a tool for social media or whatever, um, as much as just saying, here's my music. I hope you like it. And I hope you become a fan that I think at the time that, you know, uh, the Dave Matthews band started, uh, getting famous, it was like still those odds Uh, of becoming famous, becoming successful as a musician, even just being able to make a living were incredibly low. Slim. Um, So slim. But uh, at least at that time, a musician's main job, even the most successful ones, the the route to getting that success was not saying, how can I get kids to do a TikTok dance to this song? No, it was like the whole root of it was go to the studio, rehearse your band, create great music and labels at that time actually developed artists. Mm-hmm. They don't, what the thing, the thing that what happened these days is like Instagram, TikTok, YouTube took the development out of the label side. Yeah. Labels don't develop artists anymore. They're incredible, incredibly useful at when there's a fire starting to burn mm-hmm. at taking a can of gasoline and pouring it on the top and they can blow it up for sure. They have the resources to do it, but you have to start the fire first. Right. So it's like back then it was like, Hey, you know, A&Rs and heads of labels would be like, I love this song. I believe in it. We're going to radio. Yeah. Like you're not already an established artist. Good luck getting on the radio unless you have a viral hit, Mm -hmm. which takes content, which takes all those other things. And I honestly think personally, it takes away from the music having to think about all this other stuff. You know what I mean? Where you're like, like for me, I'm so old school. Like I just want to be like, we're finishing the album right now. And like, I just want to lock myself in the studio for two straight months and just create. Yeah. That's just not how it works. Right. You know, it's like, well, I got to post twice today on TikTok, and, and then I have to do two Instagram regular posts a week and then I need to do some reels and then I got to do uh make sure the story's always full on mm-hmm. IG and like it's like that it kind of takes some of the magic away for me yeah. a little bit like because it's like man you you people um uh, also like I don't think I'm that interesting so like, <laughs> like my my day-to-day life is like very very I try to keep like a even though I just was literally traveling for the last three and a half weeks. I just got back to Massachusetts to my house. Um, yeah, there was a lot of fun things like on the road and like doing a lot of press and doing a lot of radio and, and it's been really cool. Um, but like, I'm so an in the moment kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I want to live in the moment. Like right. I don't want to have to like be like this guy, you know, mm-hmm. like all the time, like, it drives me crazy when I work with other artists in the studio and they're constantly on their phone, like capturing like every 
Like, dude, just be here. Right. Create the art. Time for a quick break because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here. But we'll be right back. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online masters of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The music is suffering these days because there's so much social media. Right. Like, it's it's interesting. And getting back to Dave Matthews, like under the table and dreaming is like a body of work, a whole body of work. It's tough to get that these days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we live in such a sing like a, you know, I call it living in clip. Mm-hmm. Like we're living in fifteen to thirty second clips. So it's tough to like for someone to be invested in a full body of work. I mean, a uh, full song, you know, much less an album. It's true. It's true. It's so funny. It's like when you look at, um, you know, just to, like a little behind the curtain thing, but like labels and, and I look at too, cause I'm, I'm a nerd. So I love numbers. So it's like, <laughs> um, you know, you're looking at like things on Spotify, like retention rate mm-hmm. and skip rate. Right. And it's like, how long did someone listen to my song and how many people heard the first few seconds of it and skipped it and it's like such an interesting like we didn't there was no skipping right (laughs) like like up until you know spotify existed and skip songs Mm -hmm. like i mean if any if you wanted to skip a bunch of songs you had to like physically take this the record off the player or take the cd (laughs) out or take the tape out or fast forward or rewind and like it was it's crazy to me but i mean there's a lot of like beauty still and good music coming out i mean mm-hmm. i hear great things all the time i just think it's a little bit uh people aren't going to take as many chances on you until like your numbers get big right. which is so interesting to, i mean it's funny like i'm older like i'm getting like a whole new wave of this because i was done with artistry for a long time and uh and it wasn't like no labels like came running until i started like blowing up on instagram and tiktok and then it was like, it was almost like, it was a strange thing. Like I'm the same artist I was five years ago as I am now, right. but like what's changed? Like I got picked up by the algorithm. They decided that I was uh, viewable. Yeah. But then it's, <laughs> you know I mean? then it's a trap. Cause it's like, you know, you all you, in a, in a perfect world, your job is to be a musician. You make music, you play it and that's your life. And there's always going to be bullshit around, you know, doing, doing things like this. I mean, doing interviews, doing, you know, talking to people, uh, you know, promotion, whatever, being pulled in a million different directions because people 
um, you know, have want to make money. People want to uh, make sure that you're getting as much visibility as possible. But now it means that your skill set has to expand, you know, exponentially. You have to be able to, you know, be really skilled with social media, not just use it and know how to use it, know how to follow follow trends and jump on them and all that kind of stuff. And in a way, it's cool because it means that uh, uh, some tools for your success are in your hands, but it also means that you're spending tons of time doing stuff that has nothing so to do with time. what you should be doing. So much time. I mean, I literally, it's funny. Like it's, it's, it's so much time. Um, and for me, like I have to honestly, like the pandemic was horrible for so many people, mm-hmm. myself included. Like I lost friends and it was, it was really hard, but I have to thank the pandemic honestly for that because I was so bored Mm-hmm. and I all the studios were shut down and I ended up like quarantining uh, in Massachusetts as opposed to my place in Nashville um, which was a blessing and a curse because it was like I couldn't really be in the room with anyone nobody was you know for a right. long time and yeah. so I was like Shoot, I don't know if the world is ending or what's happening but the internet is still on yeah. so yeah I guess I'm gonna just like throw stuff up online and like shoot, try to shoot some like creative content. And like, it's, it was really good for me to focus on that because before I could have cared less, right? Like totally cared less. Like I was just like, I make music. If people hear it, they hear it. I mean, it's just, that's like an old dude mentality Mm. that I'm glad (laughs) that I like, I broke out of because it's, it's helped me immensely, you know? Yeah. But I, I, I think, you know, I mean, it's, it's, obvious that the the internet is both good and bad simultaneously all the time there are so many different like opposing forces working within the internet and it's being used as a tool for good and a tool for bad um but can you imagine the last few years without the internet it's like you know it's the same kind of thing where it's like how did people live without google maps can you remember unfolding a paper map that fucking sucked but you know people got by and there have been other pandemics where people have had to stay away from other people and they didn't have any of this shit and they survived but for us when you're living in the modern world and you're so used to you know, being connected to people all the time and, you know, being able to leave your house, um, without the internet, I think, you know, all of us would have just gone completely crazy. Um, but then additionally being able to like use it as a tool to, to, to continue doing work and and getting yourself out there. Yeah. On the, uh, on the flip side of that, like how many, (laughs) not to play like devil's advocate on that, but like Mm. how many people like that weren't already completely addicted (laughs) totally wired in all the time online and like are now because of the pandemic like can't go a second without their phone in their hand they're like it's a really interesting catch-22 yeah it definitely like helped us for sure get Mm -hmm. through it but uh like i don't know like now it's like i think people are like more wired in than ever yeah i mean you're like it's strange like movies are becoming reality at this point yeah yeah like with like the alternate reality and like metaverse and like all this weird stuff. Yeah. It's like stuff that we had only, well, I guess like some smart people foreshadowed it, but yeah. now it's like really like you honestly don't have to leave your house ever yeah. anymore. It's which like is bl- strange. Black but, mirror. 
Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm just glad there's like guys like Dave Matthews that are still doing it big Yeah, in a setting where it's like, I mean, think about since under the table came out in 94, I mean, we're in 2022 and every year since the album came out, they've been killing it mm-hmm. live and every summer they've never missed. You know what I mean? I think there was like one or two summers that they took off, but like for me going to those shows is like, so spiritual like it's like a it brings me back to the first time i heard these songs it brings me back to like the cd era it brings me it's like so nostalgic but you yeah. know it's um but i love it and yeah. i just love i just freaking not to straight away from the album again because i just love this album mm-hmm. so much yeah but i mean i think there's uh a lot of connective tissue between the, the this album and the other stuff that we've been talking about that like thinking of the way that al- algorithms dictate how people develop their tastes and the musicians they find and stuff i don't know how this would have done because you know when people talk about the anniversaries of uh dave matthews albums it isn't the same thing as like the anniversary of a nirvana album or whatever because Nirvana was part of a genre was like a defining act in a genre that is very like easy to define. And Dave Matthews band kind of stands on its own. And when you try to say, where, where does that fit into the puzzle? It's like, I don't know if it does. They're kind of their own thing. You're right. It probably would have fell through the cracks um, and they would have been dropped immediately from the label if they were even lucky enough at this point to be on a label. Right. because you're right like they're their own thing like in they're totally their own thing there's no i mean it's like kind of jazz it's kind of pop it's kind of rock like Mm. it's jam bandy like it's very like jam a lot but like it's so its own thing it's like i've never seen anybody replicate it yeah like there's a like violin, it, there's a harp, there's a harmonica, you know, just all these like, I mean, uh, it's crazy, you yeah. know, like, and, and, and also some of the most talented musicians on the face of the earth. Right. I mean, you've got guys like Carter Beaufort on drums and um, Tim Reynolds, who's just freaking genius on guitar. Um, and now they've, and I love now that they're adding some new stuff into the band, um, mm-hmm. you know, Leroy, Leroy Moore, rest in peace one of the greatest saxophone players um hopefully him and clarence clemens are somewhere jamming yeah. at this point but yeah um but when he passed away when they added like uh you know trumpet and saxophone together uh, which was like really great and uh then also now this the last few runs they've had buddy strong on keyboards which is like so freaking iconic um he's amazing and it's just like it's just such a tight tight band and they still play all these songs every single one of these songs Mm. live from under the table which is freaking amazing and you look at under the table and like then you look at their live sets i would say like 80 percent of their live sets have a majority of these songs are played Mm -hmm. it's all their biggest live songs like uh i mean like just to go down the list i made it i made a few notes just so i wouldn't <laughs> screw it up. um but i mean warehouse jimmy thing lover lay down ants marching dancing nancy's typical situation satellite rhyme and reason best of what's around what would you say these are all staples in their show yeah. for the most part like they're interchange i'm like here and there but 
Like, I mean, I can't tell you like a show that I've gone to that I haven't heard at least three of those. Mm. They're always there, like yeah. always, always in it. So, um, you know, the album is just so amazing for me. Also, to Steve Lillywhite mm. produced. Oh my which god! Is yeah, yeah, absolute genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a lot of records with him. Yeah, after this too, mm. and uh, it what a match. Yeah. what a match made like i was just reading about um like kind of like even i even learned some new things about the album over the last couple of days when mm-hmm. i was re-listening and i was like oh i wonder how they got that sound i wonder how they got this sound and looking at like what steve lillywhite did with the record like all the acoustic guitars on this album are four tracked mm-hmm. so it's like what they would do was they would have tim reynolds and dave matthews sit opposite each other and there'd be a glass in front of them so the mics wouldn't bleed into each other Mm -hmm. and they would play the exact same acoustic guitar parts at the same time and they would do it twice for each song so in in turn you create four tracks of acoustic guitar which is makes perfect sense when you listen to the album first Mm -hmm. of all there's a little bit of a chorus effect on the guitars which happens when things aren't there was no like vocal line or anything like we have now we have all these applications now in the studio. Like if we lay like four guitars on top of each other, we can literally process it and they'll perfectly line up. Mm-hmm. Like there's none of that. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but it's just so interesting. Like the production and that out an album like this, and it, it takes long time to make a body of work like this. And it's just, I don't know. There's something to be said for it. I mean, I have so I, it's tough. I have so many favorites on this record. Yeah. So, so things like that as well. It, it It's another, uh, you know, positive negative about technology that I like when you can hear that there are, you know, a couple of guitars pa- playing at the same time or when the tracks are not completely in sync, it makes it feel human. And it makes like reminds you yeah. that there are musicians behind this stuff that it's, I not mean, there's made. beauty in imperfection. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think imperfection is, uh, has made some of the most iconic songs iconic Yeah, and you don't even realize that it's a mistake. You know what I mean? Like you're hearing it for the first time. I think about that a lot. Uh, while we've been finishing my album, um, you know, sometimes people will be like, Oh, uh, you want to do you want to recut that guitar just because there's a little like squeak of the string or like Mm. on this part and i'm like fucking leave it yeah like it's you're right it's human Mm. it's beautiful like i love the little especially with my voice too i have like a voice that's built on cigarettes and whiskey so it's like (laughs) um you know not every note is perfect Mm -hmm. it's not gonna be yeah it's but it's me you know what i mean it's not like uh freaking um you know sometimes when we do more of like the pop records of course like we throw the tuning on we throw it just to like make it slick but like most of the records on my album are super raw yeah and um you know we just we even just cut one i was in nashville a few days ago and i was we i wrote this song with this guy james slater who's like a genius and uh we wrote it just piano and vocal and he's like what do you think do you think this will like make it on your record and i'm like yeah, I love the song. I was like, let's just go over to Columbia and we walked down the street. Kind of the beauty of Nashville <laughs> yeah. when you're on the row, on music <laughs> row. It's like everything's really accessible to you right there. Right. So we just like walked over to Columbia. They had a grand piano. James played piano. I sang and I was like, let's just do one take. That's it. The engineer thought we were nuts. He was like, well, how many hours do you want? I'm like, 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, like 30 minutes. I'm like, I'll pay for the hour. 
it's like, I'll pay for a full hour. I know it doesn't work like that, yeah. but like we went in there and just cut it piano vocal one take boom. It, it's like one of my favorite things we've did for the record. Like yeah. it's, there's just so much, it's so human. The, the, there's perfection in the imperfection, you know? Right. And I think in some ways you're doing yourself a disservice if you make things too perfect, if you are going to play live and you're not going to, you know, be miming to a backing track, you, uh, in some respects set an unrealistic standard for yourself that you're going to be performing. And you're, if you're not completely note perfect, if everything doesn't sound exactly the way it's supposed to be. And I think that's the thing about the Dave Matthews band as well, is that they are known for fucking with their songs, doing completely different versions oh, yeah. and, you know, subverting expectations constantly. So they, they, you know, with the original recordings, it's not like this is the definitive version. This is the polished. No, no, perfect it's like thing. totally jammed out live. And also like, you know, four minute songs will turn into 12 minute songs, mm-hmm. which some people hate. I mean, that's the other thing about Dave Matthews is like, I think either people like are obsessed with him or they're n- just could care less. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of in between mm-hmm. on Dave. Like, the one of the greatest things about going to Dave Matthews shows is doing this and talking about Dave Matthews mm-hmm. because you go early. It's a huge tailgate. It's great. You have a bunch of drinks, hang out with people. And it's like such a great experience, but everybody is like such a nerd about Dave <laughs> Matthews and like myself included, which is great. And like, so you can like, just, uh, it's like, do you remember on this live album um, when Carter uh, he sang the background part and he never sang that before until this year and this album and this thing. And it's like, man, it's just like, so, uh, so iconic, you know what I mean? Like, so there's, and, and think about that. There's like, they do, uh, all right. Sorry. My, this is my wife. She just walked in. She's oh. got groceries. Hi. Um, we're, we're almost wrapped. You, can we yeah. just not crumple for a few minutes and we'll be okay. I love you. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, and think about that. There's like 20,000 nerds in each city in America that feel the same way because right. they all go and they go back. It's the same people. Like I, I see the same people every time. Like it's like you know what I mean. It's like it's endless for them, which is kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah, and that just you know, kind of building a community as well as having uh, you know this common interest. It's like uh, a real, um, yeah, it, like like uh, you know bands like you know the Dead or whatever, where there's like this core group of people who are absolutely dedicated to the band and you know follow them around the country and have like you said like all the bootlegs know every musician who's been on every album and know every note by heart all of that kind of stuff and um yeah you you, you know you know uh you're onto something special when you've got that kind of passion following you 100 percent, 100 percent. i totally agree yeah um I think that is a lovely note on which to finish this. I'll let you uh, help out with the groceries. Again, not getting a look yet, but I'm like, <laughs> feeling the look. I'm like, you know, when you can feel it, Yeah. you know, I've been, we've been together for like 14 years. So like I can really <laughs> feel it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but this uh, was amazing, man. Yeah. This is fantastic. Thanks so much for making time for me. Thanks, dude. Thanks for making time for me. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. Later. Bye-bye. Bye. What a lovely guy, right? Thanks again to Sam for talking with me. 
you can listen to his latest single, Going Through It, featuring Moneybag Yo and No Cap, right now. So you should. And that's all I got for you this week. Uh, If you haven't followed me on social media yet, you are losing out big style. So do it. I'm at Spark Parade everywhere. Um, Other than that, enjoy your week. Have lots of fun. And until next time, bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.